Are we going? Are we ro Are we recording? Okay, cool. We're recording. All right. I want to apologize in advance because a storm just started happening outside right before I hit record. Um, so that might come through in, in the sound mix here. But um, so today's a solo episode. Would be a Mystery Monsters Mayhem episode with Michael, but um, he kind of had COVID. So no M3 with E5 right now. Uh, there's more coming soon. But I thought this would give me a prime opportunity because recently, past and future guest Craig and I were talking about Ty West X, and I referred to it as hag exploitation. To which he asked, you know, what the hell that was, and I, I was kind of at a loss. Also, I didn't want to give away any of the film because to explain what hag exploitation is would kind of give away the the whodunit aspect of X, you know? Um, so today, I'm, I'm doing a solo episode. So we're going to do a crash course on exploitation and exploitation films. I'm going to pull the definition straight from Wikipedia because it's short and concise. Quote, An exploitation film is a film that tries to succeed financially by exploiting current trends, niche genres, or lurid content. Exploitation films are generally low-quality B-movies, though some set trends attract critical attention, become historically important, or even gain a cult following. I would also add an addendum to that definition. Exploitation can also cater to demographics, lifestyles, or cult cultural anxieties. Um, you know, these, these can be raunchy, lurid, non-PC, or even downright ugly films. There might be some distasteful stuff in this episode. The catch-22 of the whole industry is that in the process of drawing attention to marginalized groups or issues... The typically low-budget, makeshift nature tends to bend into the discussion and feel less like pandering or so hyper-violent that the message is completely missed. So, exploitation is addressing the subject by becoming the subject, in a way. Let's get into the history of this, though. The, the Oxford bibliography breaks exploitation cinema into two periods, classical which runs from, you know, early day cinema, which is like, like the 1880s, uh, all the way up to the 60s, and modern exploitation is, you know, everything post-60s. Classical Grindhouse laid the groundwork via a showman-type producer, your Roger Cormans, your William Castles, your Kroger Babs of the world. Way, way back in the silent era, most low-budget films were made to be part of a double bill, a literal B-picture, if you will, a short or a serial. Landmark moments in cinema are marked by exploitation. The silent films of Chaplin, the tramp character himself is an exploitation character, making statements about post-depression living, 
and factory life and ruling figures. Hell, the jazz singer was the first talkie, and it's an exploitation film with blackface in it. Thomas Edison was shooting exploitation before it was cool. The Kiss, which is literally just a film about two people kissing, was a fucking scandal. He made a Frankenstein film, pre-Universal, 1910, that's terrifying. And then he made a film called Electrocuting an Elephant, which is exactly what it is. And that was in 1903, and it was fucked up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. You ain't heard nothing. Ten years later, in 1913, Universal released the first full-length exploitation film, Traffic in Souls, a film about forced prostitution, white slavery. It made $500,000 in 1913 and kind of laid the foundation for not only the exploitation genre, but Universal Pictures as a whole. The company is based in exploitation. Universal Pictures is a grindhouse. This was the trigger of a starting pistol, though, for every production company to get into the pulp genre, up until our good friend, Postmaster uh, General William Hayes, an uppity religious asshole, practically a televangelist, also a money-grubbing dick with oil money, um, and former chairman of the Republican National Committee. Maybe a coincidence to all those things. Oddly enough, though, the film industry needed to be cleaned up after a slew of these, like, you know, dirty trash films, but um, also because beloved uh, silent star Fatty Arbuckle was accused of raping and murdering uh, the model Virginia uh, Rapp. But that is a story for another time. It is a brutal sad sad story that is gruesome and if you want to know more about it you should look into it i'm sure there's plenty of true crime podcasts that cover the the story of virginia rap not necessarily this one uh but you can get a clear grasp of the wrongdoings in in golden age hollywood by watching coen brothers film hail caesar uh, the shit that's in that is real. Studios had cleaners and PR machines well before the age of social media. And uh, after the Hayes Code was implemented and Hollywood was knocked down a few pegs, the exploitation market boomed. Because if an audience can't see the weird and unusual from the studios, they'll go to the indies. And that is exactly what happened. Todd Browning's was coming off the massive hit of Dracula, you know, the first talky horror film. Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. And he went back to his roots um, with the often overlooked freaks. And when I say back to his roots, I mean that literally Todd Browning worked in the carnival circuit. Make you one of the mighty cock. 
Freaks is a film that features real life circus performers, circus freaks, um, but it had this morality tale baked in about sexual frustration and the perception from appearance. It's a really beautiful film, really well shot, and genuinely unsettling in parts. The next big milestone in exploitation was the film Mom and Dad in 1945, which was an quote-unquote educational film that showed how to use condoms, showed anatomy, and it ends with a stillbirth. But it was shocking, and it made $100,000. It was like one of the top grossing films of its decade. Uh, Kroger Babb, the man who made Mom and Dad, among other lurid films, uh, posed them as quote-unquote educational films to get around the Hayes Code. These films kind of caused Hollywood to create the noir subgenre, though. Uh, noir are darker themes, kind of salacious films with violence and atmosphere, and they can be made cheap. After the Hayes Code fizzled out and the MPAA was created, um, <clears throat> and television became more popular, our old friend Exploitation showed right back up. Uh, the French New Wave mirrored the sexual revolutions, the film of American International Pictures, AIP, were appealing to the hippie youth, and the blood-soaked celluloid of H.G. Lewis were no less disturbing than the horrors of Vietnam on their television. The creators coming out of these production houses were becoming acclaimed, leading the rise of New Hollywood. A generation raised on 50s Red Scare schlock, westerns, and noir are now the trendsetters. Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, William Friedkin, Dennis Hopper, the list goes on. These are all guys who have made some form of what I would call elevated exploitation. None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Damn fish, but I'll catch him and kill him. Did you hear your father out of the water now? This shark, swallow you whole. From the best-selling novel, Jaws, rated PG. Maybe too intense for younger children. The rise of exploitation, and maybe even to an extent the oversaturation of exploitation at this time in the 70s and 80s can be traced all the way to a specific location. The 42nd Street Grindhouses of New York, the creation of the drive-in, my favorite place, and the Midnight Movie. The Midnight Movie itself became a place where a film could thrive and get its legs Films like Night of the Living Dead. A film that if you want to know more about, you can listen to the episode that Epion 5 and I did uh, back in, I believe, October of last year on this very show. Um... A film that was all intents and purposes because of a copyright issue was dead to rights. Films like Eraserhead, films like Pink Flamingos and Rocky Horror Picture Show all found their audience in the late night market. A place for the weird, the funny, and the obscure. Easy Rider, The Wild One, 
Hell, even Rebel Without a Cause were all films about youth and rebellion. Classics to the drive-in crowd. Because that was the demographic. Kids in cars getting fucked up and mad at the world. Civil unrest creates art. You all know this. It's plain and simple. There is no unrest deeper than the civil rights protests of the 60s and 70s. Time and turmoil that we still feel to this day. A movement created one of my favorite subgenres of exploitation. Black exploitation. The best, man. Most of the films are about overcoming oppression, be that with words, guns, feet or fists, and the occasional, you know, blackula. <laughs> it made stars of Fred Williamson, uh, Melvin Van Peebles, and Pam Greer. The best Pam Greer. Uh, with some notables, Coffee, Black Caesar, Black Belt Jones, Sweet Sweetback, and the aforementioned Blackula. Blackula! Blackula! Dracula's soul brother. Deadlier even than he. More horrifying than Dracula. Blackula. Rated PG. The list goes on. Watch some black exploitation films, please. You'll love it. The soundtracks fucking rule. There's also other variations of exploitation. Your nun exploitations, your Nazi exploitations, your Oz exploitations. Those are exploitation films made in Australia. Uh, women in prison films, cannibal films, slashers, shit. Even spaghetti westerns are exploitation. Django! Django, have you always been alone? Django! Django! That all said, exploitation, grindhouse, trash, smut, it's all kind of synonymous and has had a longevity stretching the entirety of cinema history. It's transformed from a genre into an industry. Quite possibly the most viewer-engaging film sub-genre there is. Supreme Court Justice Stewart once said in a 1964 obscenity case, and I think you've heard this, I shall not today attempt further to divine the kinds of material I understand to be embraced within that shorthand description. And perhaps I could never succeed in intelligibly doing so, but I know it when I see it. I know it when I see it. A phrase you could use to define exploitation. It's become less about the what and more about the how. Coincidentally, that case that Supreme Court Justice Mr. Stewart uh, was involved in a lot of people think that this phrase here, I know it when I see it, is used to describe pornography. It wasn't about pornography. It was about a French film called The Lovers, 
a film about a married couple and a wife who commits adultery. Exploitation is alive and well, maybe more so than ever. With streaming being the way of distribution, it's become even easier to release a film, maybe harder to get eyes on it, but easier to release. Just go to any horror convention and you'll see indie filmmakers pushing their films. Troma has its own streaming service. On a larger, more mainstream level, the trash of yesterday has been mixed, neutered, and remade. Last house on the left, I spit on your grave, even the crazies have all had big budget Hollywood remakes. Marvel has been letting the mouse get his hands on, on exploitation and turning it PG for decades, starting with Song of the South all the way up to Black Panther. Now I know both happen to be kind of black exploitation, but they're opposite sides. One is a farce, and the other is about empowerment. Tarantino, Rodriguez, Ty West, Eli Roth, even Spike Lee wear their influences on their sleeves. Some say they rip off, some say they pay homage. I say if it makes you seek out the reference, then it is a valid component to the conversation of film history. That's it. This was a short episode, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a brief look at exploitation. Something that this show is built upon is the weird, the obscure, the stuff that makes people uneasy. Exploitation is not an easy film. It's usually going against the grain and telling it like it is, but maybe with its tongue in its cheek. I want to thank you all for listening. There is new Mysteries, Monsters, and Mayhem with Epion 5 on the way. More episodes are coming, not only of that show, but of this show as well. I want to thank the people up in Chicago for hosting and coming out to Flashback Weekend feels really good to be back on the road making stuff again i'm excited to see everybody on the next leg of dates which i'll be announcing soon next up however i will be in detroit for frankenfest that is september 17th it is a one-day show outside uh mark your calendars check out the website come to that show if you want to follow this show you're listening to you can do that on Instagram at Electric Monster Pod, or you can follow myself at AeroSoulPro, A E R O S O U L P R O, on Insta as well. You can find my art and various links at linktr.ee slash AeroSoulPro, spelled the same way as before. I want to thank you for listening. Please spread this tiny little show. Tell a fan of the genre. I'm really proud of this show and I want to spread it. So stay scared and I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much.
The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. And I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Did you hear me, butterfly? Miles to go before you sleep. So, how about that lap dance? I think I'm gonna have to give you a rain check. Well, since you'll be leaving in the next couple of days, that rain check will be worthless. You know how people say, you're okay in my book, or in my book, that's no good. I actually have a book. And everybody I ever meet goes in this book. And now I've met you, and you're going in the book. <laughs> Except, I'm afraid I must file you under chicken shit. And what if I did it? Well, I definitely couldn't follow you under chicken shit then, now could I? What's your name again? Stuntman Mike. Well, Stuntman Mike. I'm Butterfly. My friend Jungle Julie over here says that jukebox inside is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why don't you go get ready for your lap dance? Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Never stop pointing that fucking gun in my dad! Uh, 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 here we go. AK-47, the very best day is when you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. You're sitting there like a fucking baboon. I hate fucking whiskey, sir. I couldn't stop it fucking for Music time's over. Gourlami. 
scusi con me Gorlami ancora una volta Uh, Cole, before you go, will you tell Miss Laura goodbye? Do what now? I said tell Miss Laura goodbye. Bye, Miss Laura. <laughs>